Claire, I'm excited because it's only two weeks until what? Until my new book, It's Been a Pleasure, Noni Blake, comes out! Claire Christian is a fantastic writer. As Well, I say that with some hesitation. <laughs> I, I, I have to say it because it's true. She's funny. I'm holding it's a knife. charming. It's, it, you cut me, mate. Can you just sorry, back off a little sorry. bit while I'm, yeah. trying, I'm doing the We're job? We're doing the ad. Uh, it's fantastic. You should definitely, definitely pre-order it right now. Please pre-order it. Like, hang out with an indie bookstore. Give them a call. Or you can, like, order it online through Booktopia. Um, it's called It's Been a Pleasure, Noni Blake, and I, I'm really proud of it. Yay! <laughs> you should be. It's awesome. Go pre-order it right now. Hi, I'm Dave. And I'm Claire. And welcome to My, My Mate, Mate Reckons, Reckons, the show where we teach you... And each other... About whatever we want to know about. About what things we have a deep yearning to know about. This week, we yearn for stuff that makes us swear, <laughs> as per usual, because we swear. And we talk about torrid love affairs in the 1920s. We take you all over the world. We talk about poetry. I don't think there's any sex chat, though. No, I mean we talk about sex, but there's no there's no explicit sex talk of There's definitely no penetration in this podcast. Well, or is there? <laughs> <laughs> hey there, Claire Bear. Hello, David. How are you? I'm feeling very scholarly. And oh. Poetic. Oh, well, nothing new then. <laughs> nothing new. I wanted to ask you about years ago, years and years and years ago now, I think it was early on in my marriage, you gave me one of my favourite gifts, which is a little fridge magnet. Hmm. Do you remember this? No. Yeah, I'm not. This is where this question has come from. You gave me a fridge magnet that was one of my favourites. Um, with a quote from E.E. E. Cummings on it ah. that said, be silly, be honest, be kind. Yes. And I loved that and immediately put it on the fridge and then went, E.E. E. Cummings sounds like my kind of person. Yes. I should definitely read more and learn more. And then eight or nine years <laughs> passed. And we I thought, create this podcast. <laughs> I thought, now is the Claire time. Claire can teach me. Yeah, that's right. But He's... be silly, be honest, be kind is like... It's a great. It's a great thing to let that is that is as words a, as a that life mantra resonate deep. Yeah, I agree. Great. And I yeah, I didn't know anything about him apart from that he's a poet. Yes. And apart from a couple of his poems, which are beautiful. Yes. Um, because he is an American poet who wrote a lot about love and a lot about nature mm-hmm. and a lot about people. Um. And so I didn't know anything apart from him being a poet, and that was it. Um, so I've done a deep dive. Oh, here we go. And here we go. So Edward Estlin, which is E.E. E. Yeah. Cummings, was born in Massachusetts in 1894. Okay. And he wanted, this is, I found this really interesting. He wanted to be a poet from the age of eight. Oh, wow. And from the age of eight up until he was 22, he wrote a poem or poetry every single day. Oh, wow. So this is a kid who, like, knows his destiny. It's like, I want to do this. I want to do this. Done. So he studies at Harvard, 
So okay, smart cookie. Smart cookie. He but does, also white male and privileged. Yeah. Okay. Does a Bachelor of Arts in 1915 and then an M graduates in 1915, does an M Master of Arts, so it does an MA. Yeah. Um, in 1915, 1916 from Harvard. And at that time, he's publishing his poems. There, he's like deeply interested in art right. um, and in painting. He's just a creative, it's just a dude, thoughtful dude. Great. Um, so in 1917, yes. the First World War is happening and America yes. gets involved, and so he volunteers. Um, to be a part of an ambulance service that is serving out of France. Okay. He's like, don't want to, too poetic <laughs> to be involved in frontline combat. No, I would imagine. But I'll, still, I'll ambulance, ambulances in France, you're going to see some and shit. And he's pro- a proclaimed pacifist as well. Yeah, so right, he's sure. like, oh, I want to help, but this is how I'll do it. Yeah. So he's soon stationed on a French-German border. Um, with another American called William Slater Brown, and the two of them become friends. Oh, great! <laughs> and the, they to relieve their boredom. Oh, here we go. What they do is they play write letters home. Chess. They play strip poker. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> they insert veiled they and insert provocative. What? large pieces no <laughs> um, <laughs> comments into their letters back home as a way of like thwarting and mystifying the French censors who are reading all of the like materials right, that are going back. They then uh, <laughs> they then get held on suspicion of treason. No. Um for and get held in an internment camp in oh, Normandy for questioning. They're jailed um, which, you know, you make a bed, you lie in it. That was kind of what they were trying to so, do. So, hang on. The letters were... Well, I got excited because like they're a couple. Like dad or like, right, no. So, they're both at... They're both at like... in it, 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 Hanging out amidst the war. They're writing letters back home. And, and they're we like, presume they're lovers. Let's fuck with the friend. No, they're not lovers. They're friends. Oh, so I had this whole narrative in my head. <laughs> you leapt. I leapt. I was like, they're lovers. Great. They they're meet. writing poetry they're to They're writing each poetry other. to each other. And that's what gets them in trouble. No. No. Oh, well, that's like disappointing. fucking with the system. And they're like, let's like, let's fuck with the French censors. We're going to read these letters and be like, mm. oh, okay. What are these writers doing? So they're actually trying to stop the war. It takes his dad coming and being like, oh, he's just a young dickhead. Please, like, let him go. Yeah. So they do. He comes, he gets released in December 1917. He then has to come home. He gets drafted to the US Army then. Um, I'm giving you a broad... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm giving you a broad kind of breakdown of his life. Because then, like, because there's a part of his story which is fucking fascinating okay, that we're going to awesome. do a deep dive into. Okay. Um, so we're going to skip part of his life because we're going to talk about that in a minute. He's then writing. He's then publishing. He publishes a book, like a piece of fiction. Right. He publishes a collection of poems called Tulips and Chimneys, um, which did quite well. Um, he wrote a lot of erotic poetry, Ooh. Ooh, which is basically like he wanted to shock um, like puritanical sensibilities for of the sure. 1920s. Great. Um, and so I thought what would be nice for our readers, David, is, is for if you I share some of my erotic poetry, share some of your erotic poetry, but also to share one of E.E.'s. All right. I wonder how he managed to find a rhyming word for penis. <laughs> okay. 
this is a poem. T- so this is one poem. That's one. Okay. Poem. This is a poem entitled "I like my body when it is with your." I like. Jesus. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Whoo! I like my body when it is with your body. It is so quite new a thing. Muscles better and nerves more. I like your body. I like what it does. I like its house. I like to feel the spine of your body and its bones and the trembling, firm smoothness and which I will again and again and again kiss. I like kissing this and that of you. I like... (laughs) This is a good line. I like slowly stroking the shocking fuzz of your electric fur. Electric fur, David. I know. And what is it comes over parting flesh? And eyes, big love crumbs, and possibly I like the thrill of under me, you so quite new. Isn't that a sexy, That's good. love poem? That is electric good. Fur, electric fur, Shocking fuzz of your electric In, fur. That's great. And so that's like, he writes poems, he uses words, he uses the way they're written on the page. Brilliant. He uses like, he, he comes up with his own very meanings Very 20th century, very postmodern. He's very He's like, very influenced by modern. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, so he, he like, he purposes his, like, what did he, 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 he makes grammatical and linguistic rules to just suit his own purposes yeah right with the way he puts things <laughs> on the page yeah, yeah, yeah. um he so he is, mucks around with form f- he's fucking like non-traditional form um he is just like doing whatever he 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 makes words mean what he wants them to mean given yeah, the right. poem um so someone said about him no one else um has ever made avant-garde experimental poems so attractive to the general and special yeah. reader yeah um, so in 1925, he gets chosen to, um, by a magazine, he gets paid $2,000, which is like a full year's income, um, to write po- like for yep. poems in this magazine. He wins an award. Um, and he has a pretty incredible career, um, as a writer and, um, I loved this quote about him. He is a 19th century romantic. He has a 19th century romantic reverence for the natural order over man-made order, for intuition and imagination over routine, grounded perception. His exalted vision of life and love is served well by his linguistic agility. Oof. He was an unabashed lyricist, a oh. modern cavalier love poet. But alongside his lyrical celebrations of nature, love, and the imagination, are his satirical Empirical denouncements of tawdry, defiling, flat-footed, urban and political life. Open terrain um, for evective and verbal inventiveness. Isn't that a beautiful quote about someone's work? That's so gorgeous. By someone named Jenny Penberthree. That's um, fantastic. So he, That's almost like the nice things I say about you. Exactly. <laughs> you do, he wrote a play and I loved this. It was called Him. Oh, um, hello. He wrote a play in the program to the play stage at the Provincetown Playhouse. Was it directed by Spike Jones <laughs> about an iOS system that a guy, Joaquin Phoenix, falls in love with? Yes. Oh, no, that was her. <laughs> <laughs> you doofus. It was, it was the earlier adaptation yeah, of that. Right, right. This is what he wrote in the program of his play. Relax and give the play a chance to strut its stuff. Oh! 
relax, stop wondering what it's all about. Like many strange and familiar things, life included, this play isn't about, it simply is. Don't try to enjoy it. Let it try to enjoy you. (laughs) Don't try to understand it. Let it try to understand you. That's what he wrote in the fucking That's program so great. to his own That's so great. Can play. you imagine writing that for a Queensland audience? <laughs> Being like, oi, settle down. Don't try and understand this. Don't try and understand it, guys. Just let it try and understand it's you. It's totally it fine. It just is what it is. Great. Can Love you it. imagine the reviews in the Courier Mail? How <laughs> understanding they would be of that preface. So he died in 1962. And That's a reasonable-ish life. Yeah. And he held, like, he is a prominent position in 20th century Poetry, lots of people speak very highly of the work that he does. Um, Even though he suffers from comparison with like large scale poets like Eliot or Aiken or Mm -hmm. Auden, um, he is still unsurpassed in his special field as one of the masters. So in my research, this little thing came up about him having an affair with this lady who is mostly in, who probably it was her shocking electric fur that he wrote about, a woman named Elaine. Okay. And then I did a deep dive because I was like, this story I'm curious about. And David, let me tell you. Tell me the love story of E.E. and Elaine. So when he is at Harvard, he meets a man um, named Schofield Thayer. Okay. Who is also studying literature and they become besties. Right. Bestiest of besties, right? right? Thayer is the, I think it's Thayer, Thayer. Thayer is the T H A Y E R. I'm going to say Thayer. He is like, um, he thinks E is the fucking best and he will back him at every turn. Sure. Right? Um, E wrote this part in a poem about him Speak to me, friend, or is the world so wide that should may easily forget their speech and the strong love that binds us each to each? Oh, that's So they are fucking devoted to each other. In the spring of 1916, Cummings is asked to write a poem for Thayer's wedding to a woman named Elaine Orr, a wealthy young woman from Troy in New York. She's 19 while Thayer is 25, so a bit of an age gap. And she is described as being soft-spoken, refined, gorgeous. She is a lovely creature. Um, when E was introduced to her, this is what E said about her, I consider Elaine as a princess, something wonderful, unearthly, ethereal, mm. the like of which I had never seen. She was well and expen- expensively dressed, dressed, perfumed, delicate, the exact opposite of my mother. <laughs> um, so he's awestruck for, by her. So he writes this long fucking poem um, for them. It's 21 stanzas, oh my eight lines each. That's a way to kill a reception, <laughs> mate. Oh, as an ode to their relationship. So Thayer and Elaine's relationship goes a little bit like pear-shaped. He's working for a magazine. Oh, he ends up moving out and like saying, I can't write when I'm at home. I can't work at home. So sure. Elaine is often at home on her own. Oh. So E. Cummings hangs out with her and looks like like they go out. They do things together. Um, <laughs> and at this point, um, he Thayer knows all about this. He not only approves, but is so grateful that E. Cummings is hanging out with Elaine. He sent him a check for some cash for the time, energy, and other things you have expended upon Elaine. 
So Elaine and... You reckon he knew? Yes, they 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 are like he... 100% 100% new, sending E money, being like, high five for hanging out with Elaine. But not only hanging out, but being... Clearly, I don't know if they're fucking at this point, but they are. They're... Also, part of this that makes it fascinating is Thea is sending E.E. money and being like, quit your fucking job. I believe in your artistry. Write and paint. I'm going to yeah, do wow. everything I can to support you. Yeah. So they are besties and he is like here's money here's right here's my wife yeah right and so the you know the magazine that he got paid two thousand dollars but guess who the editor of that magazine was oh okay there you go Thea. so this is within where it starts to get interesting um (laughs) they then are having a fucking um they're having an affair and Thea knows about it right and um he's not surprised nor upset because um, his, something is happening with his mental health. Something is happening in his... Um, in he, He's having a bit of a sexual identity crisis. Oh, Thea is. okay. So he's kind of like, mm, maybe oh. this is like a sexuality thing. Yeah, right. Something is going on. But in a very 1920s, yes, no repressed, homo kind of way. Exactly. Yeah, right. So... Um, the dynamic of the romance then is... Um, is is like it's a secret affair but Thea knows about yeah. it but no one else does but then what happens is Elaine gets pregnant <sighs> to EE wow. right EE and Thea are both like you should have a fucking abortion because how are we going to deal yeah. with this which is a big ask of Elaine Elaine is like no you can both fuck off yeah. I'm having the baby so then what they decide is <laughs> then what they decide is Thayer is like, okay, I'll, I'll commit to you. I'll say the baby is mine. I will, um, this will happen. E kind of moves away and is like, I don't want anything to have with the baby. Yeah. But I'm glad you two have worked this out um, together. Like, you're going to solve this problem right. for me. They're all still talking and, and in friendship with each other. So she has the baby in 1919. Um, e Cummings doesn't really want to have anything to do with it. The baby's name is Nancy, and on her birth certificate, it says that um, Thea is, is her father, dad. is her dad. This is in 1919. So in meanwhile, 1919. E's been over in the war. Yes. Made another friend. He's hanging out with other people. He's still writing. He's still, still doing all things. of these things. Yeah. Thea and Elaine then agree to get divorced. In 1921. Right. Um, they do this in Paris. They come up with a plan that says this is what we're going to say as the sure. reason to getting to getting divorced. It all goes through. Cummings and then Elaine get together officially um, and it's everything they think it will be. It's yeah. completely they're in love. They are raising this baby yeah. together. They're thinking about... Um, uh, him adopting the baby. Um, meanwhile, at this point, Thea is like hanging out in Vienna with Freud. Oh, wow. Because he's like, I need your help. Something is happening for oh. me. So they get a divorce. Then um, E.E. E. Cummings and um, Elaine get married. Shortly after this, though, Elaine's sister dies. Right. So Elaine is like, I need to go. I think she was in, in England. Right, okay. She's like, I need to go over to England and I need to um, sort this out. They were back in America at this point when the sister sure, sure, died. Sure, sure, sure. So then she's <laughs> on the boat on the way to England. Elaine falls in love with another man. Oh. Tells E.E., e., actually, done. I don't want to be married to you either. 
I've met this man. He's amazing. Iggy does not take this very well. Oh. Goes to England, threatens her, threatens suicide, finds a gun, um, assaults Elaine, um, and goes to Thayer and is like, what is happening? She's mm. fallen in love with someone else. Meanwhile, Thayer has been in a sanitarium for his like, oh, own mental health gosh. issues. I know. This is like an this epic is like story. Insane. Um, <laughs> Thayer's not helpful. He's like, dude, I've got my own fucking shit going yeah. on. Whatever. Like, Freud sort the unbroken. Fucking, yes, sort this out. Um, so Cummings is like completely devastated. On December the 4th, 1924, Elaine appeared in the same courtroom she had entered just three years earlier when she divorced Thayer and divorced E. e. Cummings. Mm. He wrote a farewell note to Nancy, the daughter, no. um, which was probably never sent on the back of an envelope that said, goodbye, dear, and next time when I feel a little better... We'll ride on the donkeys and next time on the pigs, maybe, or you'll have a bicycle and I will ride a swan. And next time when my heart is all mended again with snow and repainted with bright new paint, we'll ride an eye. That's all it says. He would not see Nancy again for nearly 20 years. And Nancy didn't even know that E.E. was was her real dad until like the 40s. Oh my gosh. Isn't that... That's wild. Wild. What else? Like, that's so wild. So they're just... I'm, I'm fascinated by this. I want to know more about yeah, yeah, yeah. Elaine. That's so great. Because imagine being this woman in the 20s who gets Surely married. Surely it's a movie. Surely it's a play. Surely. That story with the world war in it and the whole thing. She gets married and like, no, I don't like this guy. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. like this guy. This guy is it is not satisfying me. The best friends, because clearly Thayer is some having some kind of feelings. You yeah, assume yeah, 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 yeah. For EE, yeah, yeah, yeah. And but is so like is so desperate to help him in his yeah. career. Believes in the work that he's doing. And amidst all of this, E is writing poetry and publishing books. And do we know what Nancy went on to do? No, I didn't research that. I should around. have looked at that. Do you have to close us out? Do you have any more of his poetry? I have that's one more lovely. poem because this is the most famous one that I think people will know. Okay, great. It's called "I Carry Your Heart." Oh, me, yes, I carry of it in. Yeah, I carry your heart with me. I carry it in my heart. I am never without it. Anywhere I go, you go, my dear, and whatever is done by only me is your doing, my darling. I fear no fate, for you are my fate, my sweet. I want no world for beautiful, you are my world, my true. And it's you are whatever a moon has always meant and whatever a sun will always sing is you. Here is the deepest secret nobody knows. Here is the root of the root and the bud of the bud and the sky of the sky of a tree called life, which grows higher than soul can hope or mind can hide. And this is the wonder that's keeping the stars apart. I carry your heart. I carry it in my heart. Isn't that beautiful? That is sublime. And this is the wonder that's keeping the stars Stars apart. apart. I carry your heart. I carry it in my heart. Jeez. I had someone give me that poem once. Oh, did you? Yeah. Are they still a part of your life? They are. Oh, that's a very good. romantic like, that's gesture. Good. That's yeah, so lovely. good. So, E.E., what a fascinating man. Fascinating. Claire, I have learnt so much. Now yes. I want to know more and I want to buy a big fucking book of his and poetry. And you and I are going to write a fucking and play ju- about yep. Elaine. And <laughs> sit and sip at the font of his poetic 
brilliance for because he's brilliant and how glorious that a man at like that early on in his life is like i'm going to write poetry i'm going to be a poet i love that i love that at eight years old yeah a certain type of it no he's like no i think i'm meant to just write beautiful things and i'm going to do it my way i'm going to fuck with yeah language i'm going to fuck with form i'm going to do i'm going to make words mean what i want them to i'm going to make up my own words so good yeah i love that what have you learned david i've learned that e cummings is brilliant that he had a complicated love life that sounds <laughs> deeply fascinating and in the early 20th century mucked around with the form of poetry, but also the format of relationships, had a heartbreaking relationship with his daughter, mm-hmm. which was crushing, and is widely acknowledged quite rightly as a poetic master. Yeah. Brilliant. E.E. E.E. What a guy. What a guy. Be silly, be honest, be kind. Yeah, guys. Be silly, be honest, be kind. Thanks for being my mate, Claire. David, I carry your heart. Where, though? (laughs) In my pants. Okay, great. There it is. (laughs) Thanks for being my mate. listening to the show if you'd like to leave a rating and review on whatever service you're listening to this please on, do that would be great that'd be great tell, tell your, your friends tell your mates that's right that's the name of the show i see what you did there where can people find you claire? people can find me on instagram at claire and pearl where can people find you dave people can find me at dave burton writer and if you have a suggestion or a question or would like to point out how much Claire got wrong. <laughs> or how much Dave got wrong. Then you can write us an email at mymatereckons at gmail.com. We can't wait to hear from you.